was the exact opposite of what just happened. The exact opposite. Yeah. Said, I want to stay here forever. And the team themselves said the exact same thing. But this deal has been going uh, been negotiated for weeks. They said weeks. They've already they've been talking about this deal. And, and no one has said anything. And inside of those weeks, has it been weeks inside that that Russell has said, I want to stay here forever? Publicly, yes. But privately, I have no idea. If Russell went to the front office and said, I want to be traded. Wow. Didn't go publicly. If he went there privately and said, I want to be traded. Because he has never publicly said those words. He never has. But he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would publicly say something that he's not saying privately. In other words, go and say, I want to be traded, then tell the fans, I'm staying here forever. I want to stay here forever. Because that's a lie. It's one thing to do that versus go and say, I want to be traded, but not really say anything publicly to avoid anybody pinning him down to say what he wants so that he doesn't lie. That's surprising to me. I, I don't he see likes, him as a liar. He likes having a good PR image. We know that. Online, like children's hospital every week, celebrity shows, sitting courtside watching his sister in the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas last week. Right. You know, Ron mentions him on the broadcast a couple of times. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's as simple as them choosing GM and coach over quarterback in which, if that's the case, is a tragedy, I think. An absolute tragedy. If that's the, that is the reasoning for him being traded. And Russell goes up to, to owner Jody Allen and says, okay, so you're confident in coach and GM? I'm done. Did, I don't. We don't know if he said that. We have no idea. We don't know. Uh, he has a new trade clause, so he obviously had to approve this for this yeah, trade to happen. Yeah. So, in part, maybe yes. Yes, he did. Wow. I, On the same day that Aaron Rodgers inks a new deal, or at least an extension to stay with the Packers. Now, uh, uh, 200 mil. So, here's another thing. So, you mentioned that deal. And I see this morning, before I leave, before anything's wrong. Yeah. said, okay, Russell's deal's up after next season. He's making $35 million a year. He's going to ask for that much. And I saw the NFL salary cap this year is $208 million. That's 25% of your cap with a quarterback. Now, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, worth it. Russell Wilson is not Aaron Rodgers. No. He's not. He's very, very, very good. And I'm distraught that he's no longer a Seahawk right now. Hmm. Would I have been comfortable paying him that money? I don't know. I really don't. But franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And the Seahawks just happened to trade him at a time where the upcoming draft class for quarterbacks stinks. Worse than a decade. I mean, it's just bad. I mean, if there weren't quarterback needy teams, I don't think any of these guys would go in the first round. Like, that's how bad. And that's not the draft you want to target. Where does Seattle go from here at quarterback? Eventually draft one. They got multiple first-round picks. I would like to see the full compensation package. All I see, I see Drew Locke. I see Shelby Harris. I see multiple first-round picks. I don't know. I don't know where they are. I I don't. It's, yeah, eventually draft the quarterback because you now have Drew Locke as your quarterback, who's not good. Do he, they, he's, playing, he's playing not good. Do they try to make a deal for Kyler Murray? No. 
No, no, no. They didn't make this trade to trade for another veteran quarterback. Well, and Kyler Murray anybody. put the Cardinals back on his Instagram today. So, oh, Shay. okay. So yeah. they're they're back to being friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I know you're distraught over this. This is uh, this is gut wrenching news for I a Seahawks. Can't believe this. What one of the, the greatest athletes in the Pacific Northwest history, really? Mm. Super Bowl this area. You know, the NFL is king, and when you're king and you reach the mountaintop, it doesn't get much higher than that. Yeah, that's a that's a gut punch. That is a. I'm not a Seahawk fan, but I can understand how you feel today. It's just crazy. That's I, wild. Again, I really hope it's not as simple as choosing a 70 year old head coach. As much love as I have for Pete Carroll and what he did to this franchise, of the as simple as them choosing GM and coach over Hall of Fame quarterback. Because you know, there's only how many quarterbacks are there in the Hall of Fame. 50. How old is Russell? 33. 33. Yeah. So he's got a lot of time. Yeah, he's probably got at least 10 more years. The way he treats himself. Yeah. Interesting. Huge news. I thought the huge news out of the NFL today was going to be Aaron Rodgers. And it was this morning. For a second. And then this. Wow. The NFL just amazes me with how it will capture a news cycle. <laughs> well, it's going to take number one, It's going to take over the first weekend of March Madness in conference tournaments this week, just without a doubt. Wow! Just dominate, and it's March. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, it'd be interesting to see what the full package is that comes back from Denver. <laughs> and Bronco fan has to be just uh, over the moon. Over the moon. The problem is with Denver, though. I don't even know if they're the they would even be like the third best team in their own division. Give or take. And I, it'll be interesting to see what Russell says coming out of this. And if anybody presses him on, well, you said you wanted to stay here forever. What changed? What changed? But, and then what he comes up with after that. So anyway, that's breaking news. So here's the, Jay Glazer just tweeted out the compensation. Three players, one being Drew Locke, one being Shelby Harris, and then one, I don't know, two first rounders, two second rounders in a that's a lot of. That's a lot of. Uh, Not sure if that's enough for me. To a lot of return. Me. Two first rounders and two second rounders. That's. I don't you hold think... on to your first rounders for a better class. I don't think that's enough. Or you, or you deal them and. So once see what in a decade, get. type player, the Seahawks will never draft a quarterback like Russell Wilson again. They won't. They won't. He, like you say, he, he had to want to go. So, uh, so much was up. And there was just so much speculation over and over again. If they again. had no choice but to trade him, yeah, then that's an yeah. acceptable compensation package. If he was willing to come back and play and stay and sign an extension, then that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Well, we'll find there out. There is no rebuild. You re- when you have a guy like him, you don't rebuild. You go win. Yeah. And if you can't, then... Big news. That's a pro- you're, that's, you're the problem. Man. Big news. I, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Poor, poor TJ. This He's is terrible. So upset. And I'm not mocking you. I'm not. I totally get it. I really do. I totally get it. Nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. It's only a business. They don't care. They never do. And it's, it's a business. That's why players should go after as much money as they can. Which, T. 
takes us to the other major story that's not breaking, but seems to be that tonight is the deadline for week two of Major League Baseball season. Notice a theme here with that, that negotiation. Well, the one thing is the players have said, we are going for 162 games. Yeah. So you can kill all the weeks ahead. But we're not going to, you know, if you go three, four, five weeks in, we still want the full season. So just notice the wording with this, right? <clears throat> they made, they, again, this is, these deadlines from these negotiations for Major League Baseball all come, have all come from one side. And notice they're like, oh, here's our deadline to delay opening day. It's like, okay. And they're like, we're not, we'll cancel games and not make them up. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, if you get a deal done by Tuesday, We'll actually play all 162 still. Yeah, in fact, we haven't heard anything, have we, from the player side? Save for, you know, a few things that they want. But they don't come out with any new deals when it, when it comes to breaking news on negotiations. We don't hear anything at all from their camp on negotiations. Well, they know. They said they, they, they know these deadlines aren't like aren't like real hard deadlines. They're not. They're arbitrary deadlines. They yeah. were made up. Yeah. They they're, they they pick a day and said, "Okay, we got to get a deal done by now." The the play with that is to say, "Oh, well we need a deal done by today, so we're going to need you to concede." Yeah, and the players got, are well, of the players going to be like, "No, we know that um I don't remember if we mentioned this last week, but a big big part of why the owners are are holding out and why they're willing to miss games. So the you know, they've mentioned that, like, in April, they don't make as much money on games. Ticket sales are lower. Concession sales are lower. It's harder to get people to ballpark. It's cold. They don't have to pay rebates or refunds on TV deals until they miss 25 games. That's when they actually start losing money. Okay. So, so that's what it seems, how many games they're willing to miss. Which is why the players are like, well, we see your arbitrary he- deadline, but it's not a real deadline. Because the real deadline is when you miss 25 games. Yeah, you mentioned that last week, is that uh, it's this, yeah, that there's a certain point where they don't lose money, and they will start to. Uh, official full compensation. compensation. Russ in a fourth rounder to the Broncos. Seahawks get two firsts, two seconds, a fifth. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, no offense. I'm, I'm at a <laughs> I'm done. We're going to take I'm a break broken. and see if TJ can recover. I'm broken. And then when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about something more positive that TJ was involved with the, yesterday and will again this weekend. And that is Oregon State softball. Uh, Trey Munoz will join us at 12.05. He will be uh, our guest today. Mike Parker at 11.30. So back with more after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump's has the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timberhill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. 
If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Have an interior or exterior painting project? Let the experts at Armstrong Painting handle the work for you. Armstrong Painting has earned an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and a reputation for quality service at a fair price here in the Mid-Valley. Armstrong Painting's team of local professionals use the best quality Miller paint and work year-round to provide lasting beauty and protection for your home or business. Schedule your exterior painting project for spring or summer. Call Ken at 541-990-5147 for a free estimate. Online at armstrongpaintingllc.com. Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Well, it seems like today is the day of breaking news Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson and he's not in their category but it's still wow oh that's interesting John Canzano is uh, leaving the Oregonian now in the farewell article written on OregonLive.com it doesn't say where he's going I I personally would assume that he's going to continue his job on the radio he may like it and want to do that and not write but as it is John Canzano is leaving as a uh, columnist at the Oregonian. He's been with the Oregonian since 2002. During his tenure, he twice won first place in the Society of Professional Journalists. Blah, 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 Oregonian. He's, he's, he's a good writer. He may make you upset, but he, he's, uh, he's quality. We wish John all the best going forward, said Therese Bottomley, editor of the Oregonian. He's a tremendously talented journalist and wrote many memorable columns over the years. The uh, Oregonian Oregon Live plans to name a new sports columnist after a national search. You know, there was a time when it was all just the paper. It wasn't these sports shows. And columnists were, you'd hang on their every, every written word. Steve Dean, Dwight James, Terry Fry for a short time. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. Uh, was Carrie? I don't know if Carrie Eggers was ever a columnist. The one thing I loved about columnists back in the day, before radio, before these talk shows, was the op- op- the opining, the opinion, the editorial look, the stories behind the scenes. These would be guys that would, you know, tell you. And Canzano does a good job of this, where you know they'll they'll intersperse into their writings the stories of being the last player to leave or the last person to leave the the stadium and here's the here's the coach sitting in a hallway with his head in his hands stuff like that and then giving it bringing you more stories Canzano always did a good job of feel-good stories with sick kids and that kind of thing and bringing it around to sports he also wrote a lot of columns that ticked off a lot of uh, you know beaver fan over the years so just bringing you the news that he's out at the Oregonian but I don't know if his radio show continues or not, he gets great guests on that show with his uh, his his writing connections. One other thing I noted here on um, Twitter, Carter Baines, not to be confused with Carter Bonds, 
Everybody calls him Carter Baines because it's B-A-H-H-N-S and only only years into him working with Angie Machado and BeaverBlitz.com. Does he tell us oh, it's, it's Baines? Oh, okay. We didn't know that. Um, anyway, Carter tweeted, and it's probably out there in a release of some kind. I haven't seen it yet. That the game, the Oregon State game on Saturday, November 5th, well, actually, I'm not sure what the original date was. It would have been the 5th. Okay, so it's been moved to Friday the 4th. So there's a Friday game now for Oregon State football against the Washington Huskies. So now two Friday games next year. Two Friday. Is that a home game for the Beavers? I haven't looked at, at it yet. Wait, where were we this year? Um, Seattle home. I can't even It'll remember. It'll probably be away. I can't even remember. The uh, UW game was here this year. Yeah, okay, then it's up there in Seattle. Anyway, it's, a, it's another Friday game. So that's breaking news. Coming up at 12.05, Trey Munoz will join us, and we'll uh, talk to him about his career at Oregon State and wrestling in the Pac-12 championships that took place just this last weekend and um, a few other things. All right, softball. What did you think about softball yesterday? Robert Morris coming to town out of the which league? Horizon League. Horizon League. Wow, it was – Beavers are are rolling on the softball diamond 16 in a row. I took a picture of the, the run they're on of pitching in the circle is out of this world. It really is. Okay. Last 10 games. Competition hasn't been the best. Last 10 games. They beat in those 12, if you go back 11 and 12 games yeah. against Baylor and Tennessee. Both those wins as well. But I just those like looking wins. at They gave up runs in those games. I'm looking at the, the just the last 10. It's We call it cherry picking. But okay. Cher, good cherry pick yeah, stats. Why Still not? sound good. Why not? Last 10 games for the Oregon State softball team pitching staff. 65 innings, 14 hits, two earned runs, 89 strikeouts, and five walks. And and they threw two no-hitters yesterday. And of those 10 games, four of them were no-hitters. What did I have in the story this morning? The disparity in runs, 44 to 12, something like that? Uh, 144 to 12. Is that what 144 to 25. That's amazing. I know. And a 16-game winning streak. Yeah. And their RPI is going up. Even It probably didn't go up because of yesterday. Robert Morris, uh, I'll give him a hat tip. They're the, the best-rated team in the Horizon League, but they were just overmatched. Just, they had no chance. You take a look at the losses. The opening loss to New Mexico. New Mexico is pretty good. If we're looking at RPI, they were. Yeah, uh, I don't know what their record is now, but, but you kind of scratch your head. And then they lost to Alabama, second-ranked team in the country, and South Dakota State, and that's it. Yeah, uh, so New Mexico, I mentioned on the broadcast yesterday, they are actually having a having a really good season so far. They were 15-3 and three as of yesterday. They're RPI at uh, 41. Uh, South Dakota State was... Um, uh, North, uh, I forget where South Dakota State was, but they're they're pretty good. They're in the top sixty of RPI, uh, and then Alabama, of course, number two in RPI. Yeah. So I mean, three not terrible losses. They're not losing to bad teams, and all the bad teams they've played, the Beavers have just dominated and done what they should in non-conference play. It's a lighter non-conference schedule. One ranked win against Tennessee, uh, that was a good win. Beat Baylor too. Um, but Pac-12 play will be telling. It'll be a, a much stiffer test. No, oh yeah, no more, no Robert Morris. They they'll get um, play North Dakota State twice this weekend and Portland State twice this week. So if you can take all four, assuming that you're on a roll, or let's say three out of four, then you've gotten 20 wins in a row. If you can get to that point before entering conference play, and then go 
Well, they've still got two with, with Grand Canyon, one with St. Mary's, uh, the rest of the way, and uh, that's it as far as non-conference games. So they've got three more non-conference games after that, seven total. Seven total. If they can get 25 non-conference wins and then scratch out enough to remain over 500 out of conference play, and, and that's not even throwing in the towel before conference play starts because the Pac-12 is that good. But maybe the Beavers are, are right up there with everybody else when it comes to actual quality of team, and they'll win some more games than we expect in the conference. But the way it's gone and the way the teams are loaded – if they can scratch that out, they would be into the tournament for sure. Only once were they at 500. Only once in the last 20 some odd years. Just a couple years ago, were they at 500? Might have even been one game over. I can't remember. And failed to get into the tournament. And mm-hmm. that that rarely happens. Several, many times they have been at 500 overall and gotten into the tournament because of the conference that they're in. Yeah, they could go like four games under 500 or worse in conference and still make it because those wins you get in conference would be enough. Even if you only got 10 of them, right? That would be more than enough to get into the tournament. Of course, if you want to host, you're going to have to do very well in conference. Well, that's another thing to shoot for. They've got lights. They've got it all. And and they can, they hosted in 06 with Cal, but that was a a rarity thing. It was a super regional pitching that the pitching is definitely good enough Uh, at the plate. No Frankie Moody yesterday. Uh, Mariah Mizan. Pitched in game one, also hit, but she, uh, in the fifth inning, came to the plate, grounded out, and she uh, looked like she hurt her, hurt her hamstring on the way up the line. Robert Morris was a game where Coach Berg could try a few things out. Yeah, not- a little bit. The, the second lineup was mostly younger players. Uh, Tarni Septo, the transfer, was in the circle. Um, but, you know, with, with no, that's a game like, you know, you have no Frankie, you have no Mariah, you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. And that's well, what that's what the case was. And how did everything go with the stream? You did the game on the stream for for viewers mm-hmm. who were anywhere around the world to just kind of check it out on the computer. Went as far as I know, went well. No uh, no technical issues. There, you know, it's very a very simple stream. Just one camera. Did you? Uh, have the, were you in plate. one of those side booths? Yeah, I was on the left one. And you had by yourself. Yeah, and I was just sitting there in a room by myself. Cool. Um, yeah, and, it, was, it and, was good. Uh, communication with the truck or the room and mm-hmm. no it was just me it oh, was really? just yeah i was controlling breaks and such you know just taking a minute between between innings cool potting down potting back up it good, was uh good. it was good it was a phenomenal experience be back on the call for three games this weekend so you got three this weekend starting friday sunday, uh saturday doubleheader sunday one game against north Dakota that's right State. so you're not going to eugene no they're co-hosting with oregon yeah is oregon playing up here or is or are they playing uh, oregon might play a game or two down, up here yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but they the, the two don't play each other until conference play starts. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll go, come back and talk some basketball with Mike Parker. That's next on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758. 8245 Edward Jones member SIPC It's a party and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl Thunder! 
It starts at 10 and runs until 12.30. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! Includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 12.30. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Hey, this is Randy Hall down at the Angry Beaver Grill getting all fired up about things going on down here. Come test your knowledge in our Tuesday night trivia. Enjoy food and drink specials and don't miss our Friday night prime rib and salmon dinners. Every Wednesday night starting at 5 o'clock, come try our $7 all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and salad. At the Angry Beaver, it's always game night in our upstairs video arcade and game room featuring air hockey, pinball, pop a shot, and more. So let's get fired up and support local down to Angry Beaver on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. All right, welcome back here to the Joe Beaver Show on a Tuesday before Pac-12 tournament time. We'll talk with Mike about a whole lot of stuff besides uh, the Pac-12 tournament. As we bring in Mike Parker, there's Russell Wilson to discuss. There's uh, um, there's a few other things. Beaver baseball is now uh, getting inside of the top ten, I think, in virtually every poll. Are they consensus? Yeah, I, think, I think in in every single poll, maybe lowest was nine. And that's kind of fun. A um, good solid series this week. And by the way, the Michael. Repurposing, repurposing is the word. Repurposing, Trey Munoz today, so that'll be fun at twelve oh five. Welcome to the uh, the Joe Beaver mm. Show. Good. It's been. It feels like a long time, fellas, since I've been on the Joe Beaver Show. So it's nice to be on the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks for having me on. I don't think I'm quite as excited as Dick Fosbury was. Remember the day we had the great Dick Fosbury on? And yeah, it's a real pleasure to be on the Joe Beaver Show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he and Bill Walton. And Walton refers to the Wizard of Foz, as Bob Welch titled his book, often. And those two have expressed the most enthusiasm, maybe with Petros Papadakis in there, too. Yeah. You know, you get Bill, you get Bill on, and Bill begins with, how you doing, Bill? And a half hour later, he's done talking because he's so thrilled to be on the show. <laughs> and he will often say, if he gets to be on the show, I'm the luckiest man in the world. Yeah. So today, I'm, I'm, I feel... I'm lucky to be on with you guys on a sunny, windy, 55-degree day in Vegas. Thanks for having me on. Now, we'll get to Russell Wilson, but did you hear, I don't know if you were car 54, but Canzano has quit the paper. I don't know if he's going to stay with the radio, but uh, it oh, just really? came out today that he's uh, he's stepping aside from his columnist duties at the Oregonian, well, leaving the Oregonian. I, it does not go on to say what else he's doing, because this is from the point no. of view of the Oregonian. I had not heard that. That's a real surprise, Doc, a yeah. big surprise. Not as surprising or, you know, uh, with due respect to John, who you know, we, I've had misgivings about him here and there over the years, but he he is, it's, the comparison is not completely apropos because when H.L. Mencken was writing as the Sage of Baltimore in the teens and 20s and his his real run sort of, began to decline in the 30s with FDR's ascendancy. But Mencken, the H.L. Mencken, uh, brilliant writer, 
one of the great writers, in fact, newspaper writers ever. But he was a guy that if if you were talked about in his column, if you were in his column, it could make you or break you, if that makes any sense, what H.L. Mencken wrote and said. Now, John... John's had a, a pretty powerful platform through the years, and he's developed a you know a big following as a columnist, as a talk show host. And while there are a lot of times I've, I've sort of disagreed with the approach that he's taken, and you know we don't even need to get into the particulars on that, I, I have respect for the niche and the place that he crafted for himself as a hardworking writer and columnist. And, I, and so whatever the uh, whatever the reasons are here uh, are going to be interesting to me. He goes out, he goes out writing back-to-back columns about the guy we just uh, spoke of, Bill mm-hmm. Walton. I don't know if you saw those, John, mm-hmm. but he wrote. It seemed like he he doubled down on Walton and whether people like him or not, and wrote a little bit about him, and then readers respond like Kenzano's mailbag or whatever. Yeah, and it, <laughs> the response all over the board: love him, he's a national treasure; hate him can't stand when he's on. And, you know, I suppose that columnists like John and others almost oh, yes. end up with that kind of, absolutely that kind of place too. So I'll be interested to learn more about uh, the reasons and what he's going to be doing instead, or if he's taking another job or right, what. Right. He's been here a long time, I think since 2002. Well, here's how it's written by the uh, Oregonian. And it just says by the Oregonian. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Kenzano, longtime sports columnist, has left the Oregonian. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just this paragraph. Yeah. This is incorrect, I think, in the way this was written. Kenzano began his career at the Oregonian in 2002. Shouldn't that be Kenzano be, uh, began his tenure? Because his career started before that in Fresno. Yeah, it's true. No, And before that, he's worked in several other spots, too, yeah. long before he got to Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So, yeah. Um, but he, now, he began his career at the Oregonian. In 2002. I remember when he came in. And what his first column, if I remember, his first column was on Dennis Erickson and how Dennis should, you know, the Beavers are worried if Dennis is probably going to leave for the NFL or, and why would he or, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you know, Dennis, uh, John and Dennis both said when they finally met, Dennis looked at him and said, what did I do to hurt you or make you <laughs> mad at me or whatever? And they ended up having a good working relationship, but I believe that was John, if I'm not mistaken, his first column was on that issue and that subject. And John turned out to be right, of course, because Dennis did leave after the 2002 season. Quick question. Is, is, is 20 years a long time to be a columnist? It seems like none of the previous columnists at the Oregonian lasted that long, except for I maybe agree. George Pissarro. Yeah. What's that? Except who? Pissarro? Yeah. yeah. And George was an editor, you know, the sports editor for the journal. And then when the papers merged, the journal and the Oregonian, Kip could probably, if he's listening, give yeah. a better and more accurate details. But the sense I got with George, George was the editor who, he was a columnist too, of course, but the column almost felt like through the years, and we love George. I mean, you and I both have talked about liking George's dot, 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 Pacero says, you know, he would just a little bit like Larry King in the columns that uh, Larry used to write about, you know, the, the New York Giants are posed to make a Super Bowl run this year, dot, dot, dot. Nothing beats strawberry shortcake in <laughs> the dot, summertime, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Frank Sinatra was as good an actor as he was a singer, dot, dot, dot. Just you know, throwing out thoughts. 
And yeah. George, George had a little bit of that. Yeah, but George, uh, he also took everything from such a positive angle. Everybody loved him. I yes. don't know that he ever brought on any controversy that I can recall now. He was way, way before my time, but just in studying and reading the last parts of him. So let me ask you this, too. Um, can you, how many can you name from the Oregonian since you got here in, what, 74? That were columnists, the actual columnists. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, that's a good question, Johnny, and I'm not sure I would do very well on it. Uh, I remember Dwight, you know, the, I remember I, Terry Fry, um, the gal who replaced, I think, Terry. Julie um, something. Yeah. I can't even remember her name now. Chuck Culpepper. Uh, I, I don't remember Julie, him. Steve mm-hmm. Dean, of course. Yeah, Steve Dean. Uh, um, in more, and more I don't know if Carrie was Carrie uh, ever you know, the columnist. It, it, who Carrie Eggers? I don't think he was ever yeah. the regular columnist. Yeah, I don't think so Oregon. either. No. But it was always a big no. deal because, as I mentioned at the outset yes. of the program, there was no radio, there was no opinion, there was no, and there was nothing but other than and and papers have had this since the dawn of time, columnists and regurgitated game stories. Well, when you're a fan like we are, you're watching or listening to every minute of every game. So there isn't anything really you really want to read about. That's why the columnists were great because you got opinion, you got um, really good stories and things that columnists do. And I think Canzano is as good as anyone as writing feel-good stories that that intermingle with sports, doing features and stuff. And that's the only place you could get it. He's found some good good stories and his uh, Baltes Truth Foundation has been a good thing. He's, he's, I, I, again, I admire him for the niche yeah. that he created for himself, a kind of a power broker. Uh, a, a, I guess you could say, you know, a, a, not a poor man's, but just in terms of if he's writing about you and talking about you, even in an age where columnists are not as big as they once were right. in the H.L. Mencken era, right. uh, he's still he drew attention, you know, his work, whether on the radio show or the column. And often it seemed to me of late the last five, six years that the talk show and column were almost merging together, that things that he would talk about in the column. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, he's, he, you can't to do a three hour radio show every day and the quality of show that he has done. And he's, he works hard at it. He has good guests that you would need to blend, you know, the two, right. Whether the writing in any way, suffered, you know, the, just the sheer craft of writing a column, uh, whether that's played into John's decision, did he have to choose one or the other? I have no idea. Uh, you know, these are, these are interesting things. And, you know, so I, I was kind of quite honestly, I was, uh, when I was walking a little bit around Vegas last night, thought I might see him because mm-hmm. he might be down here for the Pac-12 tournament. Well, mm-hmm. maybe he is and in another guys now, yeah. but he won't be writing about it for the Oregonian evidently. Russell Wilson. When did you find out about yeah. it? Well, uh, listening to you guys on Car 54, oh. I've been busy with many other things. And so when I Car 54 you guys and heard that TJ, you said something about TJ's despondent, and I, and I thought, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, why, why? Yeah. yeah. You know, not because he thought softball should have been ranked higher after <laughs> winning every game they've ever played, <laughs> but I thought it had to be something bigger than that. And so I quickly... You know, just uh, I didn't have the television on or I hadn't been listening to anything or reading anything off the grid this morning and working on my charts, but off the 
the grid, so yeah. to speak, yeah. getting ready for the game, but not listening or following anything else. And I just, you know, I, I clicked on my feed and saw Russell Wilson, you know, traded to Denver Broncos, and it got me thinking about a lot of things. The, the trade itself, yes, and if TJ's there, I'll be interested to hear Hello. what he, as painful as it is, as painful as it is, and to me, I'd still, to give up a franchise quarterback of his talent, caliber, and character, I mean, that's a heartbreaking dad. It's hard for me to imagine now, not only young TJ, but people, Johnny and TJ, younger than TJ, the 10- and 11-year-olds who love Russell and have his jersey, and just they're going to have a hard time you know, coming to grips with Russell's not a Seahawk anymore. That's a hard thing. To me, that's a psychic <laughs> Uh, blow. You know what I'm saying, John? Mm-hmm. And TJ, I don't know if you guys ever have dealt with that before, but that first and foremost came to my mind. There's a lot of people who absolutely love Russell for good reason that are hurting today. TJ, would you agree with that? Well, absolutely. And you guys have players from your childhood who mm-hmm. were probably traded or um, I don't know, or just decided to leave. It, it's quiet for me. It's the, the, especially the first time, like, Mariners have never been good. Never had a good a player good enough when you know Ichiro gets traded. He was forty at the time, I think, or at thirty eight. He was you know on the downturn. So I mean, you'd think that's okay, but the team was not good. But you have you know the Seahawks who've won the second most games in the last decade with Russell as your starting quarterback, and then a choice was made for him not to be there anymore. It's t- is is yeah. tough, and what you know. The NFL, I, I said earlier, NFL is king. And when, you know, your team with the, 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 a franchise quarterback reaches the mountaintop, that is the, the story for years. It's it. It's forever. Yes. And now, yep. it, now that is a thing of the past. <laughs> it's it's wild. Well, and is it absolutely, as far as you, t- I mean, we, we would not have all this news and information if behind closed doors they know that Russell will approve the deal because Adam Schefter reported within the hour that, you know, Russell has a no trade clause in his contract. So he's got to approve this. But do you think that the story has as much legs as it has TJ, that he has already told them, yeah, I'll approve it. I'll just make it official later. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they would make this trade if he didn't. Right. I, I'm wondering if he asked for it. Because he publicly did not say anything. He's never once said that he wanted to get traded. However, right. if he, I deem this trade acceptable if he went to the front office and asked to be traded. That's fine. That, yes. that, that's okay. Yeah. But yeah. if he never did and the team did this on their own, that's where I have a problem. But we Even don't know. With the bonanza, the windfall, I mean, I... You know, Denver's banking on winning right away with a 33-year-old guy. You know, I did turn on the television set here in the in the Mandalay Bay casino when, when I got the news, and one of the NFL talking heads said Denver isn't necessarily – I mean, they're, they're banking on Russell being the guy that can get him back to a high level and, and make a deep run in the near future. But they don't think that's a guarantee. <laughs> and so – Apparently, their roster needs enough work that it's not just adding Russell suddenly bolts them into Super Bowl contention. The odds for them winning the Super Bowl have dramatically changed, according to what they also reported. That suddenly they went from like twenty five hundred to fourteen, or I don't twenty five to one to fourteen to one. I think is what it was, and just in in one fell trade, 
they, they move up that high in, the, in their possibilities. But here's what they get back, TJ, and I'm sure you've enumerated the deal from what you know. But this is a pretty good haul back. If you're going to have to do this, Russell's going to command a big price, and doesn't it sound like they got a good deal? Two first rounds, two second rounds, a fifth round, three players, uh, Shelby Harris, Noah Pant, a tight end, and a developing quarterback and Drew Locke. That's a big haul, Johnny. It reminded me a little bit mm-hmm. of what Jimmy Johnson did with the Vikings with Herschel Walker, and Jimmy called it the great train robbery back in 89 when he traded you know, this supposed transcendent running back in Herschel Walker which played out, it turned out to be about, I don't even remember, but a multitude, multiple yeah. draft picks, yeah. double-figure draft picks that ended up being the foundation for the Cowboys to go to win back-to-back Super Bowls. That, if, you're a, if you are a Seahawk fan, is something you, you just have to wait through, and that's the hardest part yeah. of the whole thing. So uh, I was going to say, right. I, I, I guessed this earlier when I saw the Rodgers deal come out this morning, is my guess is if it was from the team side is they didn't want to pay him $50 million a year, which Aaron Rodgers just got paid, which is a quarter mm-hmm. of the cap this year. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, yeah, so when you saw that, did you feel like a move was imminent? Because the Rodgers news came first, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. I, yeah, I, did. I still didn't yeah. think so. If there was going to be, he still has two years left on his deal. Maybe next yes, year would be does. more realistic. Yeah, I got you. Okay, okay real quick. Uh, we need to sneak a break in here tomorrow. Uh, yes. Another go-around. You know, we were talking the other day on the phone. This is one where if you look at all the different opponents, or Oregon State can match up with Oregon. When Oregon's not playing yes. its best... And right now the Beavers are actually playing very, very well considering the number of players they have and who's missing. Yeah, there's some interest. There's there's some interest for tomorrow's game. I agree. There should be. Yeah, and as miserable as the year has been, and it has been, it's three and twenty-seven with seventeen straight losses. What you just articulated, John, is sort of what what I run into and in talking to people uh, about the game tomorrow. That. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit like shrugging your shoulders and saying, well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. The phrase is, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon State won. And I hear that from Oregon people, too. Yeah, that Oregon's, Oregon's been as, as disappointed as the season's been for the Beavers on a different kind of level of disappointment. Oregon's been as mercurial uh, up and down as I've ever seen a team. You know, I mean, the Beavers played Washington State down to the wire, and Oregon goes in there and loses by 20. I don't, the Beavers lost by two to Oregon at Gill. That's the team, the Beaver team that played that day, shows up in Vegas tomorrow, and they do have some reinforcements. They're going to have a a little deeper roster to play with tomorrow. There's a couple of guys that have made the trip that I think will be able to play. And, you know, I... I think it'll be, I think it'll be a very competitive game. I really do. And I... And Oregon, it, it, part of it depends on how interested they are. Their only shot to get to the tournament, it appears, is to run the table here. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, but if they feel like early, uh, you know, the Beavers are playing well. The Beavers have had a hard time sustaining it. Right. But if they can break through one time and get 35 good minutes instead of just, you know, uh, 28 or mm-hmm. 32, mm-hmm. keep making shots and, and playing at the level we've seen them play in flashes. You saw them against Wake Forest and others. Wake Forest has had a great year. I mean, they've played good teams well for a long time. Iowa State was another one. Find a way to 
find a way to extend the stretch and, and play their way into Thursday, yeah. which would be, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm planning on it, to be honest with you. You know, I think I think the Beavers are going to win the game. I really do. Well, you Just should. Based on the, yeah, I do. So let's go. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I, I don't know. You probably I don't know if you can answer this or not. Gut feeling. Yeah. Do you think we'll get Warreath and Deshaun Davis to play tomorrow? Yes, I do. Gut level. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good. Isaiah Isaiah Johnson and uh, Xavier Malone key. That'd be great. Guys that may, you know, they haven't played a lot, but they can get some run off the bench and give guys a little more break to stay fresher for the stretch. Yeah, because you know, if that that may be one of the issues these last games with the Cougars and others where it's right. closed down the stretch and then they run out of steam and that, that overtime game right. was, was a really good example of that. Yep. All right, Michael. Well, boys, it's good to be on with you. TJ, have a good time and uh, hang in there on the Russell Wilson thing. Now, you didn't. You mentioned Ichiro. They did trade. They traded Ken Griffey Jr. too. Yeah. So. You know, they traded him back home, and he, too, was kind of on the other side of prime. But that had to be a pretty jarring thing psychologically for young Mariner fans back in the day, too. They traded so. Ichio to the clubhouse across from them when the Yankees came to town. That was fun. <laughs> that part Yeah, was but funny. how about that? I mean, you've had Russell Wilson, Ken Griffey Jr., and you've traded both of them. Yeah, Seattle. Well, I was a little young for Griffey and it, oh, and letting okay. A-Rod walk too. That was tough. Well, A-Rod, yeah, yeah. Him, letting him go to Texas was was a big, big move. Yeah. That move itself might have cursed the franchise because, you know, they win 116 games and then stink for the next 20. (laughs) Thanks, Doc. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Mike Parker tomorrow, 2 o'clock, right here on 1240 Joe Radio for the pregame show. Quick break, and we'll wrap up this hour. Dave, uh, if you can call in the second hour after Trey Munoz, that would be fantastic. And anybody else? And, of course, the University Honda text line and the Downward Dog phone line is 541-497-5356. Be right back. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team and go beeves have an interior or exterior painting project let the experts at armstrong painting handle the work for you armstrong painting has earned an a-plus rating with the better business bureau and a reputation for quality service at a fair price here in the mid-valley 
Armstrong Painting's team of local professionals use the best quality Miller paint and work year-round to provide lasting beauty and protection for your home or business. Schedule your exterior painting project for spring or summer. Call Ken at 541-990-5147 for a free estimate. Online at armstrongpaintingllc.com. Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports cards and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. In a world where you're... All right, TJ. All right. Don't let that uh, sneak in there. Let's uh, wrap up the last two minutes here of this hour of the program. Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Shane from Corvallis says, go Broncos. See, every single thing has two sides to the coin. There's joy uh, in Mudville, and then there's there's despondency we can't dub this as a win for either side. We a don't know how Russell's style of play will age. We don't know how the Seahawks will use their picks, or how they will use someone like Noah Fant, who I'm I think is a pretty good player. Has never really had a good quarterback. Shelby yeah. Harris is supposed to be pretty good. Just in the mo, it is just puzzling to me that the Seahawks really. Thought on their own. It, it did officially come out on Twitter that Russell did not ask for a trade. He never did. But he, did he okay it? He did okay it. They worked together on the trade. Which shows a little bit of wanting to go on his part. A little, An okay of being going. An okay of staying and an okay of going. I mean, it really depends on how they presented it. Honestly, yeah, if they it presented it like, hey, it's just not going to work here. You're, you're hurting your family. Whatever they might have said to him that would have made him go, oh, what, what? Oh, well, okay, all right, let's work on this. Because if a guy is out in the public saying, I, I want to stay here forever, yeah. and then all of a sudden he okays a deal and he works with them, they must have gave him some dark news of how much they really wanted to move him. I'm just wondering. You have a 70-year-old head coach, a, you know, a general manager you guys – have an extension. It's like, how long do they have left? We don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, our thanks to Mike joining us there. Interesting stuff. And uh, we have Trey Munoz, who's uh, a Pac-12 champ next. Here's the microphone. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. It's another volatile trading day on Wall Street as investors assess the impact of the decision by the White House to ban imports of Russian oil. Stocks gave up all of their early strong rebound but have since moved moderately higher again. The indexes, the Dow Industrials up 262 points, the S&P 500 ahead by 30, and the Nasdaq Composite has added 150. A notable gainer today is Caterpillar. Shares rally nearly 8% after Jeffries upgraded the stock of the construction equipment maker to buy, noting that the surge in commodities prices sparked by Russia's invasion of Ukraine could boost Caterpillar's performance. U.S. oil futures today leaped another 3.6%, settling above $123 a barrel. Alphabet's Google has reached a deal to acquire cybersecurity software and services company Mandiant for $5.4 billion. Mandiant was previously under the FireEye umbrella before that brand was sold. Again, the Dow up 256 points. That's your money now. 
That dinner was delicious. What's next? Uh, I'm thinking just the check. Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. And it may be time to talk to your doctor. If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosis and colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or call 1-800-63. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you hit it high by keeping it low. If you ask most amateur golfers to hit a short, high pitch shot, they would probably flip the club upward through impact, trying to help it up in the air. If timed right, you can add more loft this way, sure, but more often than not, you'll hit more chunks and skulls, and we know how much fun those are. A better way to execute the shot is to focus on swinging the club head long and low along your line after impact. If the club head hugs the ground, the leading edge slides under the ball and pops it out of the grass with plenty of height. You need to trust the loft on the club and think of it as a shallow sweep you make through the ball. You'll end up making more consistent contact and you'll get plenty of loft. So remember, you can consistently hit the ball high by keeping the club face low. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Isn't that what they call an oxymoron? Whatever that means. I need tech that leaves my hands free during my work day and my workout. It's possible at Staples. I need tech for my home office that makes it easier to work from home. Also possible because your local Staples store has the innovative tech and tools you need to take on the future of work. All at great prices. And right now, Apple AirPods Pro are only $199, a savings of $50. Explore what's new right now at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 312. Limit two while supplies last. When it matters, companies need more than just a delivery service. CentOS delivers full service and the reliability that comes with having a dedicated CentOS service rep who understands your business, which means they deliver confidence and peace of mind too. For uniforms, cleaning essentials, mats, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, discover the personal attention you get with CentOS. Oh, I'm ready! Visit CentOS.com and get ready for the workday.
They're coming from everywhere. Seems to be a great deal of traffic here for country road, it seems. Corvallis, Oregon. To see the total eclipse of the sun. I'm talking about the sky, McIntyre. Mike McIntyre and the Buffaloes are coming, amongst many others. Seems to be a great deal of traffic here for country road, it sinks. Sight worth seeing. I know how you must feel. Yes, but not everyone's on board. And look at that sky. You look at it. But for everyone else, excitement is sky high for life in Corvallis. Sky star is amazing. There seems to be a lot happening in it all the time. If it's happening, you'll hear about it on the Joe Beaver Show. I'm expecting something special from there. Keep your eyes skinned. I want reports. Oh, you'll get reports all right. The best reports on the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. Nothing I can say. Total eclipse of the heart. And away we go with the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the uh, Joe Beaver Show. John Warren along with, uh, uh, who? what's your name? T.J. Matthewson, who is despondent over the news today of Russell Wilson getting traded to the Denver Broncos. Josh uh, Grossman, one of our, our top salesmen, came in and big uh, big fan as well. Well, let's start this hour out giving some love to the wrestlers. And our first guest joins us after winning his first Pac-12 title as just a redshirt freshman. Trey Munoz joins us here today. Trey, thanks for taking time out for us. Really appreciate it. Um, Tell us about your time. A couple of pins you got, and your team wins by a half a point to come in second to your former team, Arizona State. Uh, just a quick overall of the weekend and the time spent down in Tempe. Was that uh, was it strange going back to where you started at all? Um, yeah, it, it felt weird, but um, it was good seeing everybody. Um, yeah, it definitely felt weird, but, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's just wrestling, so... Um, I was just going out there having fun, um, just doing my thing, you know. I don't know if we've ever gotten into this with you before, but tell us a little bit about what we'll delve into what's coming up with the Pac-12 championships and how your team did as well. I know you guys, uh, eight of you, are headed to Detroit March 17th through the 19th for the national championships. And uh, hopefully this will be a run for you, the first of, uh, of uh, a number of years in a row. But coming out of Mission Viejo, California, tell us a little bit about your trek through the sport of wrestling after your dad was a national champion and an MMA or UFC fighter, you get into to wrestling and you, you start out at ASU. So what, just a little bit about how that happened and then how you ended up at Oregon state. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually ended up, uh, I've been, I've been involved in wrestling my whole life. Um, but I didn't really start until my eighth grade year. Um, cause my dad was a wrestling coach. He was, he went to Oklahoma State, and he was a national champion for the Cowboys. Um, so I've been around wrestling my whole life, and I played soccer and baseball growing up. And wrestling was kind of like my secondary sport that I did in the winter when soccer and baseball wasn't really in season. So, um, yeah, I would um, I would just go to practice once or twice a week. And then my eighth grade year, I decided to start um, just doing it full-time. And then in high school, um I didn't really have success until my junior year uh, where I made the state finals in my senior year. Uh, I won 
in California. So um, after that, I signed to Arizona State, and um, actually the head coach at Oregon State, Chris Fountain, he was he was the assistant coach there, um, and we've had a pretty close relationship throughout all my life. And uh, when he was a freshman at Oklahoma State, my dad was a senior, so mm. um, he would actually babysit me as a kid. Um, so we have that really close relationship, and um, I know he has my back. So, um, and when he came out here, it was a, it was a tough decision, and I decided to um, just wait for another year, see how it played out at ASU, and then I just followed him here. So um, that's how I ended up here. I'll tell you that at OSU. the the family relationship and the competitive relationship between your father and then. Coach Pendleton at Oklahoma State makes complete sense that you would eventually want to wrestle for him, um, and it's it's respectable for you that you gave it an extra year to see if that's in fact what you wanted to do. Do you regret your decision, or are you do you enjoy being a Beaver wrestler? And I don't mean that. Uh, I mean obviously I, you're going to say you love it. Of course, you're a Beaver wrestler. But is it was there any pull back to ASU after coming here? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some parts that I miss, um, but I think that's just part of doing it. There's always pros and cons to everything. So, um, and like the weather down there, um, beautiful. But I mean, I, I don't regret my decision. I, I absolutely love it here. Um, the coaching staff, the team, um, even Corvallis. I love Corvallis. So, <laughs> um, I'm having a great time. Yes, and our weather is not that bad. It doesn't get 115 degrees. In it rains a little <laughs> yeah, bit in the summer sure. or in the rain in the winter, but not so much in the summer. It's not that bad. Trey yeah, Munoz, yeah. our guest, after winning his first Pac-12 championship. Now, forgive my ignorance. How does a team end up a half a point behind or or get a half a point in wrestling? I don't know the scoring that well. Um, so that's just the way the team race goes in, um, tournaments. And honestly, I'm not that familiar with the scoring for tournaments. Um, but I know that, um, it's scored almost like a dual meet. Um, so there's different point associations for, um, different kinds of wins. So if you win by less than eight points and it's just a, it's a decision. Mm. Um, so you get one point, um, if you get a major decision. So if you win by more than eight, um, you get um, an extra point on top of that point for a tournament. And then for a tech fall, you get 1.5. Okay. Me, 1.5 points on top. And then if you get a pin, you get two points on top of that point. So there's the half just, point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just that extra scoring. Trey Munoz. So half points in tournaments, which is. Sorry. Trey Munoz, our guest. All right, Trey, let's go through your, uh, your two pins. You start with Bernie Truax. This was what won it for you. Only a minute 14 in, what was working for you? Did you feel like you were going to get the pin, or was it by surprise? Um, you know, going out there, I didn't expect to pin him. Uh, he's, he's a great wrestler. Um, I mean, I have a bunch of respect for him. Um, so I was just going out there thinking I was going to win the match. I didn't think I was going to um, throw him and pin him. Um, I kind of just went with it, so... Well, uh, I, I, just a tremendous job. And then, uh, and then of course, Jacob Hansen, you pin him in 243. What about that particular matchup? Um, you know, I've met him a couple times this year. Um, even before I was at 
before I was officially on the roster, um, I, um, yeah, I was just going out there and wrestling, having fun, um, just letting loose, you know, um, because that's what, that's what our coach Pendleton, um, was really emphasizing is just going out there and having fun, uh, just being ourselves out there on the mat. So is there um, any, as you guys head over to Detroit for any of the guys, but yourself, are there other wrestlers around the country whom you will meet and, and end up with a bracket or anywhere in the Pac-12 and, and there's a rival where, you know, a movie could be, be made out of it. If you, you make your way up the bracket system and then, oh, you meet the guy. Is there anything like that or is it just you have no idea who, who they are and you'll face who you face? Um, right now, I'm not really sure who I will wrestle. Um, it, it kind of just depends on, um, how the conference tournaments went. And, um, yeah, I think the bracket will be really soon, but, um, I mean, kind of like I've been saying, it's just, it's just wrestling. You know, just going out there, having fun. Um, whoever we wrestle, we're just going to go out there, um, make it a dog fight. Well, Eight wrestlers going to nationals is the most, I think, since 2012. That's a pretty long time. And do you, can you see, now you're only a redshirt freshman and you've been here for a year, but can you see the building and the foundation that Coach Pendleton is creating for this team, uh, obviously this year, but, but in the immediate future and the long run for Oregon, bringing Oregon State wrestling back to the prominence it once was. I'm under, under Dale Thomas for decades. Oregon State wrestling was uh, one of the tops in the nation. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, right from the go, uh, town, uh, Coach Pendleton um, was um, <laughs> changing the culture of the program. Um, I mean, even last year when I was at ASU, um, it was, uh, yeah, they were, they already had a tougher team than before. And even this year we've, we just keep growing, keep growing. And, um, I've been reading this book, um, and coach Townsend quotes from it all the time. It's called Shopwood Carry Water. And, um, it's, uh, in chapter three, it, it just talks about how everything is a game of inches. Um, and I think coach Townsend really understands that. Um, even if we get better by an inch or move forward by an inch every day, inches turn into feet and it turns into yards and it turns into miles. So, um, I think we've grown, um, um, by miles, um, since the beginning of this year, even. So, um, and we're just going to keep building through that through NCAAs and through, um, next year. And I'm excited to see, um, the future of Oregon state wrestling, even with, um, our recruits coming in and the freshmen this year, it's, it's, it's a uh, really something special um, that coach Fountain is building. So well, I'm I, really excited. I yeah. and a lot of people love the inspirational books. I grew up on them in sports. So one more time, what was the name of that book? It's called uh, chop wood, carry water. Oh, chop wood, carry water. Okay, good. Yes. I'm going to look that one up, and uh, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people will. I, no, I, I grew up on that stuff, especially when competing in sports. You know, read, get get inspired, and and then it turns into, um, you know, your character and, and then what you're doing as a father and a, and a leader in your community. So keep that up. Great, great job. Trey Munoz, our guest. Do you follow UFC much? I know my son does and the younger set does. Do you follow UFC and MMA fighting? Uh, you know, I used to. Um, but not so much anymore. Um, 
Yeah, I get that question a lot, actually. <laughs> well, I, I only ask, I know your dad was a fighter, but I only ask because I thought, I kind of get this feeling that it's a it's something that younger guys are really into. And my son goes mm-hmm. out, it seems like every other weekend, he's down in Los Angeles and, and he's uh, 27 years old, not that much older yeah. than you, and really into it. And then he's, he, he's texting me about Colby Covington. I, I don't follow it. And I'm uh-huh. like, I know Colby Covington. He wrestled at Oregon State. And uh, uh-huh. it seems like one or two guys end up being big names in that sport after they finish wrestling at Oregon State. What What's the draw there? Is that something any of you guys are going to look into? Um, you know, maybe. It's definitely a possibility. Um, I don't know. I think, I think wrestlers um, right out of the gate, out of college or even high school, um, they're like set for wrestling because wrestling is one of the most um, important disciplines in mixed martial arts. And um, even looking at the champions right now um, and in history, it's, it's mostly wrestlers. So we just, we kind of have that, like, um, I want to say like just fight in us for lack of a better word. Um, um, yeah. So I think wrestling is one of the, the, the most important. If yeah. Not, um, the most important but discipline in martial arts. You got to somehow gain, if you don't have it, or maybe you do, the personality to build your fights up, right? You got to oh, have some, sure. you know, are you going to be the bad guy? Are you going to be the good guy? Or whatever yeah. it is for that particular sport. And then, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Colby Covington was like while he was on campus at Corvallis, but, you know, now as a, as a champion or as a UFC guy, he's got to be a completely different personality, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just and, and then you also have to want to hit because there's hitting and there's pain involved where there might not be that same kind of pain in the sport of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, kind of like I said, we like wrestlers we're we're just used to it. Like we we're just used to the grind, you know. So I uh, I don't know. I think uh, a lot of wrestlers are getting into it now. Interesting. All right, last thing, uh, Trey. Trey Munoz, eight, one of eight uh, team members that are going to go back to Detroit March 17th through the 19th for the uh, Wrestling National Championships. A big congratulations to you and the team and Coach Pendleton. Your mom was a softball player at Oklahoma State. Your dad wrestled, was a national champion. Did you grow up in an environment where there were higher expectations for discipline and success? Not Maybe not winning, but certainly giving it your all. And the structure of sports as a little kid? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think um, as athletes, um, there's there's different lessons that can carry over just into life in general. Um, so um, my parents raised me um, using those lessons from softball, wrestling, and even uh, mixed martial arts um, from my dad um, just to raise me um, to being the best person that I can be. And, um, I mean, I think wrestling is secondary. Um, and be like being the best person I can be is uh, primary. So yeah, the one, um, and that's what they taught me. So the the one thing you'd yeah. be missing is, you know, usually if you have a high achieving like you did with your father, a national champion, and uh, MMA fighter or UFC, I don't know if is. You know, you can go to mom, mom, dad, you know, wants me to do this and think you're going to get, you know, the softer response. But your mom being a softball mm-hmm. player at the collegiate level was probably, yeah, he's right. Go, go run 10 more miles <laughs> or what? 
Fantastic. So, hey, mom out there, some big time respect. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you can't get away with anything when it comes to, to working out or anything like that. Trey, a pleasure to talk with you. Best of luck. Congratulations and best of luck to you in a couple of weeks uh, in Detroit and with Coach Pendleton, the staff and uh, the other uh, seven guys who are going to to wrestle with you and have some fun out there. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Absolutely. There's Trey Munoz, Pac-12 individual champion and uh, a part of a team that finished in second place to Arizona State. There's connections between the Sun Devils and, and the uh, Beavers, certainly in the sport of wrestling, as I I sit here with uh, young TJ leaning back in his Arizona State Sun Devil hoodie sweatshirt. Take a time out, come back, and see if we can lift his spirits somehow, some way on 1240 Joe Radio. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Win meet at the Albany Gun Club March 12th meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club services serving our local veterans. Need an extra bed for the family? Expect an out-of-town guest this summer? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add a new bedroom onto the house. Or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man in Corvallis. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. Their mattresses are highly resilient, have a long-lasting foam core, and are made right in the store. There's lots of decorative cover choices, too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99, or online at futon-man.com. All right, here we go. Welcome back. Joe Beaver Show on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow, Beaver Basketball at uh, 2.30 with Mike's 2 o'clock call. Dave is on the line. I know you want to talk Beaver Baseball, so do I. We'll get to that. I've got all the top 25s, and some of them are kind of interesting. We'll get into that and uh, the individual uh, accomplishments. But let's first uh, go to the phones, 541-497-5356, and uh, see what Dave has uh, in store for us. By the way, Dave, hold on the line when we're done with this conversation. I've got one thing to tell you off the air I forgot about before when oh. I picked up the phone. All right, very good, Joe. Well, I want to talk about baseball, too, but let me start with the news of the day. Uh, curiously, <laughs> the Seahawks sent out season ticket renewals yesterday. Uh, there, were, there was probably some bad timing there. A lot of people are probably on automatic renewal, <clears throat> but nonetheless, uh, you've uh, that, that's got a uh, uh, give some people some pause, I would think. 
the way I look at the, the whole ensemble, fellas, um, Green Bay uh, was more cautious. They decided, and, and Green Bay is closer to being a winning program, although I don't think they ever will win with Rodgers. I think that's now a documented pattern. But uh, in Green Bay, because of the history of that franchise, the size of the market, they're a little bit more risk-averse, and they can't guarantee they're going to get a continuation of Hall of Fame quarterback play, whereas Seattle, being perhaps in a trendier market, they might think uh, that they've uh, got more room for maneuver in that regard, maybe a more uh, pliant uh, fan base. But, um, yeah, it, it's a shocker, and I completely agree with T, one of TJ's uh, opening points. It was also one, by the way, TJ, that was quick out of the gate on the Mad Dog Russo show, which is the amazing ability of the NFL to just dominate the sports landscape at the drop of a hat. Here we are on the cusp of, the, of March Madness, uh, and that's all any the sports talk shows in Seattle are on fire, I understand, although I'm listening to you guys with one ear and Mad Dog with another. <laughs> so it's just, a, it's just a crazy day. But uh, so the, I had predicted, by the way, John, you might remember, I said either Carroll or Wilson is going to be gone next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and in that sense, actually, this is my final thought. <clears throat> uh, Seattle went safe, too, by deciding to keep their aging coach. I want to be careful about that. Um, uh, rather than uh, bring in some fresh blood in, in management and try to make the, <clears throat> the will, try to extend the Wilson era. And in a, and in a way, it mirrors what Green Bay did with their aging quarterback. Bottom line, Seattle's got farther to go. They picked up a ton of picks, a few players. Green Bay's always, with Rodgers there, they're always going to be a part of the equation. Much weaker conference. They figure, let's just roll the dice. Maybe Rodgers can get us one more Super Bowl. That's my quick take on football for starters, fellas. TJ, your uh, response. Uh, he's very upset sitting across from me here today. It's it's just a lot. It's a lot to digest, and I think it came down to them not wanting to pay that Ro- that Rogers rate, literally the Rogers rate, like the commercial that he got today in two years. I don't think they wanted to do that. Fifty million's a lot. Yeah, and uh, and who knows? Uh, I mean, apparently they, with the Rogers deal, Green Bay got some cap room. I mean, the, the long term, the, the guaranteed money long term, uh, is a big number. But apparently, next year's contract is going to free up some cap space so that maybe they can keep Devontae Adams uh, and a couple of other guys who are uh, potential free agents. But uh, and and you know, my wife Chris John knows her. Um, mm-hmm. She's nonplussed by the whole deal. I mean, I'm a Seahawks season ticket holder, but a Green Bay fan, so I've got a foot in both camps. She thinks that Roger, that I'm sorry, Wilson is aging out faster than Rogers is, and that they have each about the same amount of time left, even though Rogers is about five or six years older. I thought that was an interesting perspective. I have long since learned, gentlemen. You never argue with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that problem. Uh, correct. Um, Dave, I will agree with you, though, because we saw it a little bit last year. It's like his mobility just isn't quite there, and you'd wonder if he might get more injury-prone when he's relying still on his mobility at an older age. Meanwhile, Rodgers doesn't need to do that. Different kind of quarterback. No, different, very different kind of quarterback. 
Dave, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So uh, if I might just move over to baseball quickly, I know that's where you guys want to go anyway. Yeah. So just a few, uh, uh, it was, it, first of all, it was great to be back in that park for the first time in two years. I was like, it was like a high school reunion, seeing a lot of friends again. And uh, the extension of the screen to my sex seating section down the uh, right field line, section A, it was as bad as I would, as I thought of what I don't like looking through the screen. If you're up close to it, if you're behind home plate, depends on your perspective. Yeah. But from down the right field line, you're kind of you're looking diagonally through that net. Fortunately, for most days, you can just wander around the ballpark and and sit where you want. But but uh, that was a disappointment. I was this has nothing to do with baseball, but I was just fascinated to see it, having not been in town. Those little robots roaming around <laughs> all over town. I've never seen them. They don't travel around Tumwater, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, but I've never, I've never heard you guys talk about it. In fact, one time I just kind of stopped and looked at it, and the thing stopped and said, hi, I'm such and such, and this is what I do. It was like a moment out of candid camera, Jonathan. It, yeah. almost, it, it, it kind of startled me a little That's bit. That's a good Dave, analogy. Dave, I think one of the first segments that John and Mike had me on to talk about back in August, in September, when, when did the show rollback in August. Was to talk about those little robots. <laughs> I'd never seen them before either. It is a newer thing. And they, I, de- they deliver you food from around campus, they do. believe it or not. They do. They stop. They cross. I mean, they do it all. I remember mentioning it a couple of times on my broadcasts when there were some home games last year, when we first came out of the TV watching part of it all, and I got to see things live and in person. Um, I think BYU was the first series at home, and these little things following you around. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like being in the in a, in a real Star Wars movie, but apparently it works. They've been several years into it. I, I just don't know if other colleges around the country are doing it, but it is kind of interesting. On the netting thing, you know, you, you know as well as I do, and I think everybody else does, that I learned this this lesson, Dave, See if you follow me on this. When Larry Steele came to my grade school in 19, I think, 74 or 5, and the first thing he said, Larry Steele, former Portland Trailblazer, the first thing he said to all us kids in the, in the, uh, in the gymnasium sitting, you know, cross-legged on the gym floor, we're so excited uh, about Larry Steele being in town, the blazer, a trailblazer, and he says, none of you in here will make the NBA. And it there was a, an audible groan amongst all of us little eight, nine, ten year old boys saying, what are you talking? I mean, we were mad. We were mad at him for making that declaration. How dare you kill our dream? But one thing that he showed, he took a rim and you can fit three basketballs inside of a rim. They fit just enough so they'll hold each other and you'd have to poke them through with your finger. But it showed the size of the rim. And as we're learning geometry and how to how to you know uh, maximize your shot he said get a high arc on your shot so when it comes down the target is bigger than when it comes at an angle taking me back to the netting and i experienced this at san diego state while calling play-by-play i couldn't see it was at nighttime and they have one of those nettings over the backstop all the way up to the press box and it's thick and black and if you're up high like i was the, the closer you get, if you're looking at it at an angle, the smaller the viewpoint, hence the basketball mm-hmm. example. You, does that make sense? 
I think I know where you're headed with that, John. I'm going to experiment and move around, maybe move my seats uh, in, in future years. Yeah. But uh, it, 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 was, it was at least initially dis, uh, disorienting. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed more prominent at night than it did during the daytime. For, for whatever, I'm sorry, the other way around. It seemed more prominent in the daytime than it did at night. Maybe that stands to reason. But anyway, but it, the, the team's off to a great start. Yeah. You know, it's good to be back down there. And uh, uh, Anyway, those are a few thoughts for today, fellas. Hold on the line. I need to ask you something. I'm going to put you on hold. Thanks, Dave, for the call. And Dave, uh, make some good points. I don't know how it would be to be a a fan of another team, but you're a season ticket of another. I guess that's that's about right. If there was a certain, I don't know, if there was baseball in Portland, I'd immediately be a Portland fan, but I don't have any fanship for Major League Baseball. I a Cubs for about three years when I was in my 20s, but I would be a season ticket holder, just be able to go to the games. And I know Dave's been a season ticket holder for a long time, long time in Seattle. Just you can go and have yeah. that chance to see the NFL. It's, and it's only once a week. It's once a week. So what, it's else NFL, you, what else are you going to do? Eight on Eight times a year, and and you guys are right. It's king. So big news like this will d- absolutely dominate. I was going to ask him. You should ask him. Yeah. When we go to this break, did they raise ticket prices? <laughs> Good question. You know where ticket prices should be? Yeah. About a fifth of what they were. Oh, at least let it. It's out. like two two fifty to get in with Russell as Who your starting you? quarterback. Who hurt you? Who hurt let me? It, let yeah. it out. All right, we'll be right back. Twelve forty, Joe Radio. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a six fifty specials from eleven till nine every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open face hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday pulled pork sliders, and Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. Win meet at the Albany Gun Club, March 12th, meet shoot with junior, beginner, intermediate, and advanced yardages plus games. Entry tickets are just $5 a round, and you'll have a chance to win bacon, sausage, ham, and jerky. Shooting starts at 9. If you haven't joined the Albany Gun Club, join today. It's only $20 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. The club is a great place for networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot. Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. 
Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Well, it was a fun conversation with Dave. The answer to the question, uh, I did have a, a chat with Dave off the air, and the answer to the question was no, they did not raise ticket prices. Should have dropped for, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks the day before they dropped news about Russell Wilson. I'm a little confused. I, we're going to get back to Beaver baseball, but digging into cause, effect, reasons, these types of things, you say that Russell, I haven't been paying attention, that Russell's gone on record as saying, I, I want to be a Seahawk. I want to be a Seahawk for life. And then he has right of first refusal. So then they go to him. He doesn't bring it up to them. They bring it up to him, and he works with them to make a trade. The only way you go from I want to be here to helping you them with you leaving is if they say something to you like, you're not in our future plans, we just need you to go. Something that we're hurts. not we're not paying you fifty million dollars in two years. Exactly. And that and and that but did they had to have known that that's what the, the dollar figure was gonna come in for the other side too, for, for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. To to start that's, this so a couple weeks ago. That's what I think the sentence was. Hey, we're not gonna pay we can't pay you a quarter of the cap. We don't think you're worth a quarter of the cap. Which you but, can debate it. You can debate it. I'm I think paying a franchise quarterback is always worth it. How it affects the rest of your roster, I mean, it's up to you. Uh, what, it is. What good the is... Packers, you look at the Packers roster now, they are all in on Aaron Rodgers. They need Aaron Rodgers to be an MVP. And as you know, the past two years, that hasn't even been enough for them to win a Super right, Bowl. Right, right. And now he's going to get paid even more. But again, like you say, how much damage does it do to building the rest of the team to... Uh... To win another Super Bowl, you, you got to have more cap room to get a star wide receiver, you know, a star defensive lineman, all these kinds of things. Yeah, it, it, it's a balance. Uh, it is. I, anyway, loss of words. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Beaver baseball, great weekend, and there was opportunity to stay alive and remain undefeated, um, save for a, uh, a shot that many people thought was going out, and it didn't. Oh, I did. If you want to call in and talk about Beaver Baseball, we'd lo- love to take your phone calls. We've got about, what, 20 minutes left? Yeah. Yeah. 19 minutes. Good series against uh, preseason-ranked UC Irvine. Um, again, like the first two games, like, in control. Much, much of the time without Fennigs, but for without the, Will Frisch. Yeah, that's right. Only Jerpy, and when Jerpy starts on Friday, I mean, the Beavs were in total control that game. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Saturday, close, but, you know. They hung in there. It was it was good. And then we have Sunday. Um, it was Brock Townsend that started. And, you know, the Beavers had to piece it together with a bullpen. And they did a really good job. Two runs through nine innings and a lot of home run in the 10th. I thought Jacob Melton caught that ball in the 10th inning in center field. He was up in the shade. That was the one game I was actually able to get to. You know, he jumps up at the in the right center field gap at the wall in the shade. It looked like he caught it, but he didn't. It went over Went over the fence, and then Melton comes up to the plate in the bottom of the 10th. Uh, Bazana had just had a double, right? He's standing out there on second base. 
and Ingebrigtsen out of the bullpen for uh, for UC Irvine. You know, his side armor throws about 85-ish, and he's on his, like, third inning of work as a reliever. Mm-hmm. He's one of their high-leverage relievers, and I don't know how much they'd stretched him out this year, but, you know, he's on his third inning of work, right? So as a reliever, you're probably getting a little bit tired, and it's not like he just cruised through the first couple, uh, his first couple innings. He, he had to work a little bit. And, you know, it's Jacob Melton at the plate, who had already homered in the day. And it's Jacob Melton, left-handed hitter. You know, he's at 429, I think. And Ingebrigtsen, a sidearm right-hander who's throwing 85. And I'm sitting next to Carter Baines in the press box. And I, and we both, at the same time, was like, oh, he's going to get walked. He steps up to the plate. No, no walk. You're not going to walk him. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thinking of that, you'd be putting the winning run on base. Which I guess, but then again, if you're UC Irvine, wouldn't you prefer a right-on-right matchup, especially with a, a sidewinder? I guess not. And Ingebrigtsen got a pitch that uh, threw a pitch that looked almost right down the middle, and Melton just missed hitting it out. He hit it about 380 to the right center field gap. Mm. It was close. I couldn't believe that ball didn't didn't uh, didn't leave the park. It was uh, it's close, but Beavs are nine and one. It, there's not much you can complain about, and. We can look at, you know, RPI I don't think comes out for another week or two, so a, a true measure of how good the Beavers are. But an update, you know, what helps their RPI is Gonzaga, who the Beavs dominated down yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, it was not close. No, and I was going to say, before we continue, I was going to say that for the first time this year, they were challenged. Because each time I would tune it in, they're either down by a run or... It was tied. I mean, they, they, for the first time, weren't just running away with it and having crazy bats like they did in Surprise, which you knew was going to happen. The competition ramped up. But I was surprised to see how Gonzaga has done since that tournament. Yeah, they just went on the road and swept number four Oklahoma State. Swept. And the, the thing with Gonzaga, right, I, I don't have these box scores pulled up. I'm going to pull them up as I'm talking. Gonzaga's rotation is... One of the best in the country. They have a guy, Gavin Hughes, I think his name is, that pitches on Fridays. The uh, the Beavers did not play him. Um, but let's look at game one versus... Is this game one versus Gonzaga? What? Uh, three? No, no, that's game two. Okay, let's look at game one, right? Game one. Uh, Will Kempner. Uh, he throws 98 to 100 miles an hour as a right-hand side armor, as a starter, right? I, I saw a tweet... Um, that from uh, a prospect writer after they swept is like, well, Gonzaga could have three guys, three starters who could go in the top 100. Right. Kempner, Kempner started the first game against Oregon State. Uh, again, I don't remember his line from this weekend. I remember the third guy who I'll mention here in a sec. So Kempner against Oregon State, you know, throwing upper 90s, four and a third, six hits, five runs, three earned, two walks, three strikeouts. And <laughs> didn't get out of the fifth inning. Wow. And Oregon State wins 13-5. to five. Game two, Oregon State leads uh, 9, you know, they dominate most of the way, 9-4 going into the, ninth, the eighth inning. They're facing Tristan, how do I say this, Vreling? Vreling? Um, Vreling? Vreling, I think so. Against Oklahoma State on Sunday, five innings, 13 punch-outs against the number four team in the country. Oklahoma State, by the way, the reason they're number four, they went to Vanderbilt and took two of three from the Commodores. You know, that's no easy task. And the Beavers, 
uh, against Freeling. Four innings, seven hits, eight runs, all earned, four walks, five strikeouts. Against, you know, again, a rotation that might have three guys go on the top 100. So in the first game against Oklahoma State, Gabriel Hughes went seven innings. That's a good outing. That's the guy who's going in the first round. 11 strikeouts. Yeah. It's very impressive. A good, that, you know, it makes you go back and be like, okay, now we can evaluate the schedule a little bit more. I I don't think Xavier's won a game yet. Uh, on the other end of that. But, Kempner goes six and a third in game two with five strikeouts. Yeah. Just again, getting an update. Throwing 100 miles an hour as a starter. Sidearm guy? Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's like three quarters, but like that's just tough for a right-hand hitter. How about this line? Vryling, five innings, 13, 13 strikeouts. That means only two guys got out via no strikeout. Amazing. Two guys put a ball in play. Against him. And again, against the number four team in the country in their home ballpark. They had a game against uh, Washington postponed, took three straight from Cal State Fullerton. Uh, again, ended up with the uh, the two losses to Oregon State and won every other game. In which I, th- why I think the Beavers might be a little underranked. I think they're, by the eye test, I think the Beavers might be a top three. So right I, now. I culled the top 10 from all these different polls. So I didn't see where Gonzaga was. I did see one poll. I think it was Collegiate Baseball had him number 15. D1 Baseball has them in the tw- uh, 25. So 15 was the highest I saw them ranked. Okay. So here are the polls for this week. D1Baseball.com. By the way, all five of the or all six of the major polls have Texas number one. And, uh, Which they should be. Texas finally lost this weekend to UCLA. One game, but they won the series. But right? they, yeah, they they went. They played in the the I forget the they played in Houston at the Astros Stadium. They beat Tennessee, who's ranked in the top ten, and LSU, who's in the top twelve, was in the top ten handily in both games. So they deserve. I'll tell you, there there are so much consistencies in the top four with. All of these polls, save for maybe one. Texas, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Vandy, the top four that are almost in every single poll. In this particular one, D1Baseball.com, Stanford. In fact, there are several polls that have Stanford ahead of Oregon State. Stanford's 8-3 and three overall. Forget records, all of that. It's just you know what you have and what people think you can do this year. Oregon State, 7th in D1Baseball.com. Then you move on to National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, Oregon State, 6th. Stanford, 4th. The same old players, by the way, Texas, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt. Then in the USA Today coaches poll, it's Texas, Vandy, and Ole Miss. Surprise, surprise. Stanford, number five. Oregon State, number six. Baseball America, Texas, Stanford, number two. And then Notre Dame, number three. Ole Miss, four. Virginia, number five. Virginia's an outlier. They're Is not that in Baseball the top. America? Yeah, that's Baseball America. I don't trust America. that poll. I don't. I, Oregon I've, State number eight in that poll. Their, their poll all season has looked really wonky. Okay, and it is, it's different than the other polls. Back to uh, some normalcy. Perfect game. Texas, Vanderbilt, Notre Dame number three, Stanford four, Ole Miss five, and then you go down to number nine for Oregon State. Collegiate baseball is the best poll for Oregon State right now. Texas, Vanderbilt, 
Tennessee, number three, and Oregon State, number four, with Stanford, number five. So that's the only poll that the Beavers are ahead of Stanford, and that's collegiate baseball. But all the same teams, Mississippi State, LSU, Virginia, Notre Dame, all in the top ten. Um, and I think that's it. I got I hit on all of them. So Stanford here at Goss, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Oh, what a huge, huge matchup. If things go as we think they might, they will. It will be a top ten matchup, maybe even top five. Massive, massive matchup. That is, uh, that's pretty cool. Let's take a break, our last of the hour, and then come back and wrap it up again. You can text us. We'll get to a couple of texts that we haven't read yet from the University Honda text line, and um, uh, and take your phone calls on the Downward Dog phone line at five four one four nine seven five three five six. So we will be right back here with uh, the wrap-up of today's show on 1240 Joe Radio. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Last couple of minutes, well, we got about seven or eight minutes here on the on the Joe Beaver Show for today, Tuesday, Wednesday, of course, tomorrow is... Uh, Pac-12 tournament. So is the OSAA 5A Boys and Girls Basketball Tournament over at Gill Coliseum. So that's kind of a big deal. I wanted to play something for everybody. See if I can find it in my uh, handy-dandy folder, which I'll have to uh, go back here. There we go. Um, Kind of in memoriam, if you will, as an honor to a friend who uh, and a longtime broadcaster here in the area, in out of Eugene, and and we we talked about uh, Dave Walker, and his um, his uh, contributions to to sports and sports not only sports radio but also sports TV in uh, or news TV down at KVAL in Eugene for many many years. He was the anchor. He told me he was he got recognized. All over the world, he'd be somewhere, and somebody from the, the Mid-Valley would come up to him and say hi. One of the nicest, humblest human beings you're, you'll ever meet, and he passed away just, uh, just this last spring from, I think, complications to COVID, and it was a sudden loss for all of us in the radio industry who have uh, 
crossed paths with Dave. Most of his work was from the Coos Bay area. Growing up down there, I think his dad owned the radio station. He and his brother took it over, and then he stayed in radio and got into TV and really his claim to fame as a longtime anchor uh, for KVAL-TV. But every single year, Dave would come to Corvallis and do whatever level was at the uh, the tournament, whatever level was at Gill Coliseum. I did the tournament with Dave for many, many years, and we had a tradition of going to Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill, having breakfast the day of the tournament, and then going over to Gill, setting up the equipment, and calling games for towns like Baker, LeGrand, Tillamook, uh, Seaside, all over the state of Oregon. Because you have pool announcers who will just sit there all day long and do game after game and then trade with your buddies. All right, you got this game, I got that game. And do that for several days in a row. And then you learn about these teams. You get to know them real well and their fan base. And and then by championship Saturday night, it's just a blast. I'll never forget Joe Burton. Uh, was is that I'm, I'm, Am I remembering that correctly? He was in the stands with... I want to say Central when they won a boys' 5A title. And he was in the student section while he was a beaver, and he's cheering on the Central and being, you know, doing all the cheers with them. And, and then when they won, he came down and, and celebrated as if he was, you know, one of them. And I just thought that was the funniest thing. And then the following year, I saw him over, uh, you know, watching a lot of Corvallis High School games. And that was so much fun. Anyway, Dave Walker. And this was put together for Dave for this week's tournament out at uh, Gill Coliseum by um, no relation, but uh, actually, no, I'm just thinking the wrong name. Mike Alliger, whom we had on the show a couple weeks ago, as he's retiring, um, put this together. Brother taking the ball left side, laid off the glass and in. For more than 40 years, Dave Walker's professional fun announcing style excited listeners of Oregon State tournament games on radio and internet. Dave made every play. A big play. Brother for two. Dogs up 15 to 13 with 250 left to play. Second quarter. The OSAA honors Dave Walker's commitment and love of high school sports. The steal, the drive, the hoop. Well, I'm just saying, go ahead and scoot up on the edge of your chair. Thanks, Dave. We'll miss you. Oh, God. That's, uh, that's a heartbreaker for myself and Mike Alliger and a lot of people who knew Dave. And he had a, a real down-home kind of small-town feel you could hear right there. And he was as nice as he sounded on the radio. Did you have any opportunity when you were uh, growing up in Seattle um, to get with or near a local station? Now, it's a big market, so your chances would be smaller to maybe call some high school games before going off to college. No. Or even in college, did you call any high school games? So A few football games, that's about it. So really, the bulk of your work was done this last fall here, calling the... Uh, uh, for high school stuff, yeah, for the most part. The I was Corvallis games. High, covering high school stuff as a in, a... in a market like this that's used to it. Yeah. But for while you're in school, like part of your... I guess training and your sports writing class, you have to go like cover yeah. high school and some high schools aren't like used to being covered and they're like hard to work with. And one of the high school, the high school I got assigned was like that. It was just, it was really difficult. Get like left a bad taste in my mouth. Of, yeah. Like working with high school, like now working with Corvallis high school is great. Like you guys relationship for years and years and years, right. putting their games on the radio and they're well used to it. Um, but I guess I got a bad first impression. Well, the bigger the city, the fewer chances there are that anybody is carrying high school on the radio yeah and my high school ballard high school up in seattle did not know no. not get on the radio no. the, the the high schools that would garfield rainier beach east side catholic 
not not ours, unless we were pl- unless our school's playing them. But who was carrying those those schools? That's a great question. I don't know. Yeah, because you know, even in in Portland for a while, the fan would do some high school stuff. But you know, KXL, KEX, they're not going to do high school. They they've got Blazers and other pro stuff. If not pro, then college. And you know, in 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 the Bay Area, you've got so many pro teams that even collegiately, it's hard to get games on the radio. San Jose State basketball it's not going to be on the radio down there is usc even on the radio well yeah they do but but it's well it's not bayer it's no um stanford and cal has their games i don't know that women are on i think that's the internet only so it's hard to do it's hard to find teams that's why corvallis and many other communities are unique in that you can have major power five college and high school sports on the radio Mm -hmm. here in our backyard and the blazers and and the the raiders right as well as um and and so the the prepsters do get an opportunity. It's when the schools don't appreciate it that I don't like that. It's just but curious. They do it's around like here, big time. Free marketing. Yes, of course, and it's it's um, great for the kids and the parents that I've worked with over the last twenty five years. I stopped doing games a few years ago, but the parents are get so excited. And I came across a letter from a player on Glencoe from literally thirty years ago. Of doing ga- their games, and he just—it was a, r- a letter to me and the partner saying, "You guys do such a great job. Thank you." We would listen to the tapes afterward, and um, you know, I-, I remember making tapes for Tim Ewis's dad when Tim was in high school, or maybe it was Tim's older brother, recording some games that they could listen to from the tournament in the Coliseum. Anyway, our thanks to Trey Munoz for joining us today, Mike Parker. Your phone calls, uh, certainly your texts. And to Russell Wilson. And to Russell Wilson. Ah, just awful. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.